Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I am so excited for today's interview because this is actually somebody I have yet to meet in person, even though we both live in the Philadelphia area. And this is definitely a little bit of a different flavor than the recordings that I have been doing for you all. This is something that's a little bit more fun, but also very deep in the sense that we don't talk a lot about this aspect of leadership, this aspect of self, this aspect aspect of essentially stepping into that highest version of ourselves. And that is like our aesthetics. It is our style. And, you know, I tell everyone, like, I'm still trying to get out of what I call therapist chic. I'm actually, I'm doing it today, y'all. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the sweater over the, over the shirt. I know, Susan, you're going to have to help a girl out. Um, I, I really, I've been in my mind, I've been trying to break free and I was like, but who is there out there to help me really realize my fullest, most authentic self? And then Instagram delivered me Susan and Susan Padron is an intuitive personal stylist. Um, she's actually an award-winning author as well, who helps you break barriers and strengthen the bond between your soul and your wardrobe. How perfect is that? She believes in an approach that dives below the surface and reveals your unique self, building your personal style that is informed by who you are, not your limiting beliefs. Susan's work goes beyond clothes. It empowers expansion, encourages connection, and supports you while you pursue your dreams. Shout out to Susan. And so I have to know, Susan, we we literally just met like five minutes ago, um, <laughs> aside from our, you know, little chit chats in the DMs, how the heck did you find yourself becoming an intuitive stylist? Like, what does that journey look like? Oh, it's unconventional. <laughs> I'll start by saying that. Um, but uh, while it's unconventional, it's still intentional, right? Because everything that mm. we do leads us the path that we're on. And thankfully, my journey really supported me to get me here. Um, so I started out my career as a middle school music teacher. I taught band to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. I'm already obsessed with this story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and style has always been something that I loved. Like whether it's, you know, myself getting dressed or really like helping other people to find clothes that they never tried before, you know, pushing them just a little bit and being able to have that sense of exploration. And for me to be able to show them, to show other people how I see them. So it's something that I did from the time that I was, you know, young enough or old enough, I should say, to go to the mall with my friends and go shopping with them, I would get more excited about pulling pieces for them, being like, oh, you should try this. So something that kind of always lingered in, you know, my my heart, <laughs> so to speak. You know, I was rebellious with my sense of style. Um, I actually, this is not something that I've really like shared too often, but I feel like you're, why not? Um, I, <laughs> I 
was sent home early the last day of eighth grade because I intentionally broke every dress code rule. And yes, we love the rebels here. Yeah. And being a rebel with style, I think, you know, breaking the rules, um, you know, breaking through those limiting beliefs that just don't make sense, right? Like, you know, going back to a middle school dress code where, you know, when I was in middle school, and I'm sure it was probably the same or, you know, similar for you, Amber, like we weren't allowed to wear anything that showed our shoulders, you know, because oh, yeah. shoulders so scary. Spaghetti straps are the devil. <laughs> like, right. yeah. you know, so, I went to public like, school and that's like, yeah, we're spaghetti mm-hmm. scraps and like, yeah, the short shorts, like no, yep. no midriff, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was against the rules for sure. Yeah. So that's what I did. My last day of eighth grade, I was like, you know what? I'm going for it because these rules are dumb and I don't like them, which is basically how I continue to run my life when it comes to fashion <laughs> now is these rules are dumb and I don't like them. Um, but yeah, spaghetti strap shirt, shorts that were shorter than you know what was allowed and shoes that did not have a back to them. That was like another thing. And I was oh. like, well, my mom, she was so supportive, yeah. like, which was amazing. She was like, okay, you want to do this? Like, I know I'm not going to stop you. So fine. And she's like, just so you know, your actions have consequences. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. And sure enough, I got sent home before first. Like I'll see you in a couple hours when you get kicked out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But the reason that I, you know, feel so called to share that story with you and with your listeners today is because I really want you all to think about some of these style rules that have so much weight on us and question them. Mm. You know, like why do we feel like we can wear certain things and we can't wear other things? Yes. And why and do therapists have to come with cardigans? <laughs> I'm still asking yeah. this question. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's definitely an implicit style rule. So I know what you're talking about, Susan. Yeah. Well, you know, I do have some explanation to that. So some of my clients are also therapists. And it's something that I have seen in their wardrobe. And it's <laughs> something I think, you know, from from my perspective of it is, you know, as a therapist, you have to provide this like this safe, warm container that you're creating mm. for your clients. And what helps with that visually and aesthetically are like softer fabric, softer materials, right? Like Mr. if you were Rogers, wearing- it's all making sense now. Oh my god. It's all connected. Look, and you're like style so, therapisting me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really what it is. It's like it's a softer material, it's a softer fabric, right? If you were to go into an appointment with one of your patients wearing like a really structured jacket that was a dark color, it would give a very different kind of vibe than I'm sure the atmosphere that you're trying to create for your clients. You know, and that all varies. Obviously, not all therapists are the same. So, you know, there might be some therapists that are like, no, I'm like that, the badass therapist. I'm going to wear my leather bomber jacket and like, yeah. (laughs) Right. And like their clients might be like, yes, this is exactly what I need. But I think for the most part, because of the kind of environment that you're creating, the kind of, um, you know, that softness and that warmth and that like nurturing kind of energy that comes off from so many people in that field. Right. 
It really, it makes so much sense. And you know, Susan, I I really want to take us back into when you were a middle school band teacher, right? Because, (laughs) (laughs) oh no, it's okay. Because I'm like, I I have so many things to ask you. So I'm really going to have to try to like, you know, keep things succinct (laughs) here. But one of the things I'm so curious about is you knew that this was something you were intuitively good at. It was something that, you know, you did as a young, you know, like child, basically, it sounds like you loved, you know, clothes and shopping for your friends and things like that. So you knew that you had this calling, but obviously something kind of took you in a different direction. And then I also have to know from you, what is the thing that took you back into this direction? Yeah. So the thing that's tough, um, I think for a lot of kids is that you, if you're not really exposed to a lot of different types of careers and career paths, then you don't really know how to go about educating yourself on pursuing it. Right. And that was kind of the case in in my situation. Like styling is something that I always loved, but the idea of becoming a personal stylist like wasn't even on my radar. Mm. You know, I would watch like the, the makeover shows and all of that. And I understood that celebrities had their stylists, but I knew that those paths weren't the ones that I needed to take. And I didn't quite know about how to become a personal stylist. So music was also a passion of mine Mm. since I was young. And I decided, I was like, oh, I can be like a music teacher. That feels good. Like I love music. I love teaching. I'm still very much a teacher at heart, you know, and and how I work with my clients. Um, But I was teaching. I taught for four years before I had my son. And I took a year off from teaching when my son was born. And that was really when I started to have this like big shift Mm. about what I wanted from my life, from my career. Um, You know, I went back to teaching after taking that year off and I was like, oh, something's just, this isn't for me. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I can't teach anymore. My husband had lost his job when I was home for that year with our son. So I had to go back to teaching. But I knew, I was like, I have to do something different. Like something's got to change. And I started really doing a lot of inner work, like looking inside myself, trying to figure out. We love the inner work on the Secret Leadership Podcast. Yes. The inner work is so key. Like if you're not doing any inner work, like how are you living? Because really you're just not fully experiencing life if you don't go inward. Hmm. I mean- I have no shame in saying that. And it's yeah, constant, well right? Like we always we have to do it constantly. But so I, I looked inward and really just like was waiting for some kind of answer. And like I said, I had always been styling my friends, something always. Like whenever they had something coming up, they'd come to me. And I just I'm thick-headed. My like my spirit team, my guides, the universe, they need to like beat me over the head. <laughs> With their messages, they're like, this girl is thick. Like, we got to do this. (laughs) So thankfully, um, I don't know at what point they got through to me when one of my friends said, you know, she was subscribing to Stitch Fix, you know, where she would get like a monthly box Mm. of clothes. And Mm -hmm. she said to me how she likes what I pick out for her way more than what she gets from her Stitch Fix box. And she's like, so you should work for Stitch Fix. I was like. 
Mm-mm. No, I have no desire to work for somebody else. Like I'm leaving teaching, like I'm going out on my own. <laughs> but that was really my light bulb moment where I realized like, yeah, I could do this. I, I, I'm already styling. Like I just need to figure out how to make it a business mm. and how to pursue it. So that's what I did. I started researching, taking online classes, like getting different certifications, working with mentors, you know, all of those different, any different way that I could educate myself and mm-hmm. grow my business. I dove into it while I was still teaching so that eventually I could leave teaching and do personal styling full time. So I taught for a total of seven years before, you know, I I left teaching. Like I was doing both around the same time for about like two years. Mm -hmm. And then I left and I've been styling ever since. (laughs) Wow. That is an incredible story. And I think also so many people can relate to getting that message in terms of like your soul's calling and what it is that you're actually here to do. But there is oftentimes, most times, a bit of an in-between period, right? Where we have to still do the matrixy things of, you know, going to work and paying the bills and making sure that like our dependents are taken care of and all that kind of stuff. And also still making sure that we're taking aligned action towards being able to be more in alignment with that soul's purpose and that soul's calling. Um, and it's, and those in between years are tough, right? Like that's when you're basically working multiple jobs because you're doing your, your day job, right. And then you're putting in hours at night or on the weekends or whatever that looks like for you to be able to fully step into, you know, your soul's calling. And I love that you're, able to speak on that and also now stand and speak on that from a position of you, you did do it. Like you did leave teaching and now you are in this, you know, soul calling profession full time. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was tough, right? Like it's always tough to make that, that big shift, you know, when we're being called and guided to do something different, something that we've never done before, something that People may not fully understand, you know, a lot of the people closest to me were really concerned. They were Mm -hmm. worried about the the fact that I was going to leave this seemingly stable job and do something that they really didn't know much about. You know, there's still people who I come across are like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a personal stylist. And they're like, what, what is that? (laughs) So it's not even something that's fully you know, a really like commonly well-known job or profession. And, but I knew in my heart that I had to pursue it. And Mm. it took me a little bit of time, you know, with getting into this career and into this profession to understand the direction that I had to take with it personally, because, Mm -hmm. and whenever you're looking into anything surrounding style, um, or doing like any kind of research. It's like, well, first you have to discover your body type and then you have to discover what your colors are. And then you have to figure out this like, is what, what TikTok clothes, has told me, Susan. I, right. That, that, yeah. But. And what clothes are the most <laughs> flattering on you? And it's all of these things. I mean, colors aside, but like anything surrounding like your body type and what looks flattering, like all of that is really rooted in fat phobia, 
and mm-hmm. it's really just really making us continue to feel like we have to be small. Like we have to play it small. We can't be too much. We can't show up like too fully or too like fully self express. Right. Because what will people think if you show up like that? Right. Yeah. It might make, gosh, it might make somebody else uncomfortable. We cannot be doing that. And I will be so honest here because I I wanted for such a long time to be able to have this conversation with somebody, but I I was like, wrong person, wrong person, wrong person, wrong person. And then, you know, the universe gifted me you and everything that you were saying just in terms of like it being intuitive and breaking rules and like, you know, literally saying like, fuck it to all of the standards and what's flattering and what looks best on your quote unquote body type that somebody else decided for you. I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is a person I can have this conversation with because I feel like a lot of why I've been struggling to find and step into like my own personal styles because I'm like, I don't know how to do all of those things and like how I feel inside, I really haven't been able to find somebody to speak to that piece of it, right? That intuitive piece of it. And who isn't going to try to like, be like, well, you should wear this because you tell, I'm in like Aries manifestation generator. You tell me should, and I'm like going to go in the opposite direction. Um, I totally get it. Actually have a conversation more about how things feel than the shoulds. And then, and that person is you, Susan. So tell me a little bit about an intuitive stylist. Like how did you, how'd you bring all that, you know, into the work that you do? Um, Initially I brought it in reluctantly um, (laughs) because, no, uh, I shouldn't say reluctantly. I should probably say it just kind of came with me and I didn't even realize it. So Mm. ever since I was little, you know, like most of us who, are really like tapped into those, that part of ourselves, you know, the spiritual part of ourselves. Like ever since I was little, like, you know, I would know things that, you know, there's no reason for me to know. And, Mm. you know, I would have dreams and I would be able to pick up on other people's energy and not have any control or, you know, any real awareness of it happening. Um, And when you're young and you're not, and you don't have that control over it and you just kind of get bombarded with like someone else's energy or someone else's knowledge, like, Mm. whoa, why, uh, this feels uncomfortable and like a little bit violating. Like, I don't like this. So, um, when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm shutting it down. (laughs) I'm shutting it down. Like I'm not interested, closed for business. Don't want to know. And, uh, you know, that worked for like a little while, I guess, not really, um, as well as it can work. <laughs> you tried. I just turned it off. Um, and then I just tried to ignore it for a long, long time. And that also didn't work. And it wasn't until I, I left teaching, really, mm-hmm. and was pursuing the, my styling career that I just happened, hap- I say that like, jokingly, because, you know, of course it was intentional, like just happened to be brought into similar spaces, you know, at different events and like other things in the Philadelphia area where I was being introduced to all of these people in the spiritual community who were all of these like spiritual healers and mentors that I was like, 
you exist and like we're friends and you can help me. Like, this is amazing. And, you know, of course, within meeting me, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we knew. Like, we knew who you were, who you were. Like, we could see like mm. your light. I was like, whoa, that's so fascinating. So, just from making those connections, I was able to really hone in on my gifts. And it was through a lot of these connections with these different mentors and the spiritual community that they were like, you realize that you've been using your intuition with your clients this whole time. And like, that's why you, you gravitate towards like certain pieces for them that might not feel like anything that they told you that they wanted, but you knew you're like, Oh no, like you have to just try this, try this on. Because when my clients try on those pieces that my intuition guided me to choose for them, even though it was never anything that we discussed, that's when my clients have these like beautiful breakthrough moments that are so healing and so transformative. It's like there's this shift that occurs Mm. because they are allowing themselves to try something that I've intuitively, you know, chosen for them that just like lets them look at themselves a little bit differently. And sometimes it's like the first time that they look at themselves and they feel sexy or Mm. they feel just beautiful, you know, like they've been told that they're beautiful before. Obviously, like I tell them they're beautiful because they are, but like sometimes it's that first time where they look at themselves and, you know, after years of avoiding their own reflection in the mirror, Mm -hmm. they're able to have that moment with their present self and it's just, it's beautiful. Mm. And it's really so amazing to hear you using style as a modality for healing because there are so many different ways that we can achieve healing. You know, obviously healing is, you know, multidimensional, multi-layered. you know, we're all going to be here working on our healing until the day we're not here anymore. Um, and obviously, you know, we've heard about therapy and coaching and breath work and somatics and all this kind of stuff, which all are amazing tools, but we forget that there's so many other ways that we can tap into our true self, right? That real, true, inner, authentic self, that highest self. There's so many different ways to tap into that and style and fashion and what we're using to clothe our meat suit. That is something (laughs) that we can actually use to help our healing. And this was something I was like, made sense to me in my brain, but I, again, couldn't really find anybody who was doing it. And it's definitely something I was not qualified to help any of my clients, you know, achieve. Cause like I said, your girl's still over here in my cardigan. Um, but, and, but that's where, when I was really seeing you speak about this, it's something that kind of gets this superficial reputation, right? Mm. Especially in the spiritual community, right? Yes. Like it doesn't matter what we look like or like we can just repurpose a burlap sack and like, you know, <laughs> if we're really good at what we do, then it doesn't matter. But yeah. but you know what? Like I, I will say for me and I know for a lot of other people out there who kind of like exist in multiple realms, it, it really does matter. I'm looking at getting into speaking and things like that. And like, I want to be able to feel really good when I stand up in front of a bunch of people and speak. And I will tell you, 
hand up in truth. Susan, I have zero things in my wardrobe right now that make me feel that way. So your girl's probably going to be giving you a call. Um, (laughs) Right. But truly, I would really love if you could just kind of speak a little bit to how we can use this external stuff to really help us on our healing journey and also help us actualize our highest self. Oh, I love, love that question, Amber. Like, I love it. Because, you know, when we do all of the healing, and we're not all, all of the healing, because like you said, it, we're never done. Right, but yeah. like, we do <laughs> so much. <laughs> never done. Um, but when you do so much of the healing and so much of the inner work, and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling so good. Sometimes what we wear can be that last little bit of armor that mm-hmm. is keeping us from making a full connection with other people. And Ooh. instead, like what we really should be focusing on is how, instead of what we wear separating us from other people, what can we wear that attracts our people, like our people, the people that are meant for us? And I don't mean like from a relationship or like a sexual perspective specifically, no, just like, but like, yeah, like if you're, people, you know, if you're speaking like intuitively, energetically, and you're, you're out there like, trying to connect. And, you know, it's literally like you're wearing a flag on, on your body and you can either be fading into the background or you can be out there really being like, Hey, I'm a, this type of purples. Like if you want to come with me, like, come, come, I'm over here. I just, I never even thought about it that way. I'm having so many light bulbs, like as you're sharing this. That makes me so happy. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Like it just, What I've noticed, and I'm sure intuitively you and your listeners have really noticed, is that sometimes when we're talking with someone and we're like, we're picking up on their energy and we're like really vibing with them and we're just loving what they're all about, there's still like some kind of disconnect that's there and you can't quite put your finger Mm. on it. It's funny because sometimes it's how they are showing up with their style. And there's that like energetic disconnect that's occurring. Mm. Like it's that one final piece that's still holding them back from fully stepping up, showing up, being like, yeah, this is 100% me. And especially if you're going to be on stage or meeting with, you know, a variety of people in some kind of like event setting, you really need to make sure that you're showing up fully, right? Because you don't want any kind oh, yeah. of opportunity to be missed or even your energy to be misinterpreted because you're still like just a little bit stuck in a past version of you. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, the other piece of this that I would love if you would speak on is a little bit of that body type, you know, conception, yeah. misconception. Um, I know for me personally, this is something that I've really struggled with and I know that I'm not alone in that. I, um, I, my body type changed a lot, a lot, which happens to a lot of people. But for me, I had uh, chronic illness as part of my story. And so when I was in my late uh, 20s, early 30s, I was going through treatment and that treatment came with a lot of different medications, steroids, gut dysfunction, like all sorts of stuff, inflammation. Um, and my, my body really, really 
changed. And she looks very different than what she did when I was like young and discovering my style. And that was kind of like when I was also working primarily as a therapist. And it's very interesting as you're talking about the psychology behind it, because I'm also making that connection where most of the time your therapist is going to just be like that blank slate, right? We're not really supposed to be like a person. Um, And I know that there's a lot of therapists out there who are starting to, again, like break these rules. And there's a lot more overlap now between therapy and coaching that wasn't there previously. But when I was getting into the field as a young therapist, like you really weren't supposed to show up as an individual. You're there in support of your client. Like, you know, they don't really know anything about you. Um, And so like having a lot of individuated style doesn't necessarily lend itself to that energy of like, you know, fading into the background, not really being a whole individual person because that person's there to not really pay attention to you. Um, And I'm also realizing like how much that plus the change in my body type has lent itself to adopting this lack of style style um, is what we're going to call it, Mm -hmm. Uh, where a lot of my clothes are very uh, fade into the background. I guess that that would be and but like, you know, you're sitting here talking to me energetically, like that's not my vibe. But like if you use like this, this color gray, this is considered a color for me, Susan. For those of you who are watching this, it is just the most grayest of grays. Um, and I consider this color. So that that's kind of where where we're at. And I guess my question in there is like for people who really are like, I don't know, like my body type, I feel like I can't wear these things. I'm, you know, my body t- type has changed where can they even start with feeling comfortable, maybe like experimenting a little? Yeah. So this question I think can go in a few different ways of uh, what I can, how I can answer it. So I'm going to go in the way that I'm being called to intuitively and focus more on like the body elements to Mm, it. mm -hmm. So uh, when our bodies change, You know, just like how our personalities change, how we change over time, you know, there is this period of time where we have to like reconnect and get to know ourselves all over again. And we have to get to know our our new bodies, right? Like if our bodies have gone through this like big shift, this big change, you know, in any direction, you need to take the time to be like, okay, here we are. Like nice to meet you. Like you're not so bad. And ideally get to a point where you're like, I love this body. And, Mm. you know, you can be grateful and thankful for the, everything that your body has gone through, but that sometimes that can take a lifetime to get to. So what I suggest is instead of constantly striving for what seems like an unachievable life of body positivity, like if we could all have that, that would be amazing. But Truthfully, like sometimes we don't get there and sometimes Mm -hmm. we just need to live in more of a place of body neutrality and or until we can get to body positivity. So body neutrality can just look like waking up and like looking at yourself in the mirror, like looking at your full body, your full self and trying to just not allow the negative thoughts to come in. We don't need to get to that place of like, yes, I love every single part of me because again, like that might Mm -hmm. just not be your day and not be like where you're at. 
But if you can just look at yourself and be like, yeah, this is me. Hi, me. You know, like, how are we doing? Checking in, like having that self-check-in. And then when it comes down to getting dressed and putting things on your body, the next step is really just finding one part of your body that you want to show off, that you want to highlight. Just one part, you know, and it could be like, you could be showing off your feet with like a really fun pair of shoes. Like it doesn't even have to be, you know, like some, an upper part or a little, like a real, you know, <laughs> obvious part to your body. It can be something like, all right, yeah, today I'm feeling my feet. So I'm going to rock an awesome pair of shoes and I'll put on some clothes that kind of go along with that. Hmm. And, or it might be, you know, I really love my shoulders. So I want to show that off. So, just finding that like one part of yourself and creating the outfit around that so that you just have a little bit more of that power behind your step when you're getting dressed, when you're leaving the house. (laughs) That is like revolutionary. It sounds so simple, but you know, I, I'm like, racking my brain here. And I'm like, I really don't think I've really ever heard anybody give that advice. I've heard advice around colors and accessories and, you know, clothing shapes and, and different Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but just like that thought of just being able to choose that one thing and then build an outfit around it and, and for it to be intentional, right? Because that is like so much of what this really comes down to is just creating an intention around how you're showing up in the world. That's it. And it doesn't have to mean like a full style overhaul. You're going on like, you know, makeover madness or whatever, and you're changing all of the things. It's just, how are you intentionally showing up? How are you intentionally aligning yourself in an energy that helps you to feel more like your best self or your highest self? Um, and just that tiny little tweak right there of just, hey, what am I really feeling today? And building an outfit around that, that to me energetically is so freaking awesome. Oh, thank you. I think that, you know, the suggestions on finding like a color to really light yourself up like that is another really great suggestion, you know, or accessories, things like everything that you mentioned. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we just have these moments where we are so early in our style journey or in that like style rediscovery, I should say, because that's really what happens when I see a lot with some of my clients. I would say the majority of my clients have had a period of their lives where they were like, oh, I used to be so stylish. I used to like shop so easily. And now I don't even know. It's rare that they're like, I never had style. It's Mm. always like, I don't know how to dress the like this, you know, gesturing to all of me. Like I just <laughs> yeah. don't like, what do I do with this? So by giving yourself that like one little tip of just finding like a part of yourself that you want to show off and setting that intention, it's doing, it's doing so much while being so simple. It changes mm-hmm. the way that you looking at yourself, it changes the way that you look at at least one part of your body so Mm. that you can feel just a little bit better. And it's all about like, I'm all about baby steps. Like when it comes to style, like baby steps are my jam. You know, I Mm. love to just like help guide you on your way 
to stepping into that like higher self. But if it's a big shove, if it's a big push there, <laughs> then for number one, it's traumatizing. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's traumatizing. And number two, like it's not sustainable. So by taking these baby steps, like that's how you get to this point of like really transforming into the person that you want to feel and you want to be while healing this new relationship with yourself. Mm. Yeah, I actually, the best thing I ever did when we were moving, so we lived in Philadelphia and then we moved to Texas for a year and a half and then we have recently moved back to Philadelphia. And I can't even tell you like how much like clothing I was just like carrying around with me from like place to place to place. And when we were moving back from Texas uh, to Philadelphia, we were like doing this move completely ourselves. It was, we really could only bring home like the bare minimum. Um, I really like I either like gave away or Facebook marketplace or whatever, or donated every piece of clothing that did not feel good anymore or like had never felt good. And I was like holding on to it in case it started to feel good suddenly. Um, And this was like from like underwear all the way up to like jackets. I I did all of it. If I wasn't like ready to throw it on my body and walk out of the house, I was not taking it back with me. And I ended up getting rid of like 90% of the clothing that I had. I had a lot of things that either just did not feel comfortable or um, I like they just didn't fit. So I think that, you know, the next question I want to ask you is like for people who are shaming themselves or blaming themselves, like when it comes to style, how do you as an intuitive stylist kind of address that piece of it? Because I know I had a hard time letting go of jeans that were too small or an outfit that I had bought that I was going to maybe one day fit into. And this isn't even just necessarily a a body type or a weight question. Sometimes it's just like what feels comfortable for you to wear um, and being able to be accepting and compassionate towards yourself. Yeah. So with my clients, when, when, I mean, the first step with any of my clients is we always start by going through their closet and it's, not to just like purge everything that they hate and be done with it. You know, it's (laughs) talking about the pieces that they love or the pieces that they loved, but we need to find replacements for, and also to remove some of the pieces that are no longer serving them. You know, whether it's their pieces that are like several sizes too small or too big that just don't fit. There's, you know, there's no logical reason for them to keep those pieces. Um, But I always approach it with a lot of compassion and support in a way that if someone is having a tremendous amount of resistance getting rid of something, Mm -hmm. I will never force them to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain pieces that it just takes a little bit more time where they need to start that process of releasing and it's not going to happen in that moment. You know, we're planting the seed and they're going to be like, okay, I need to hold on to this. And then, you know, after they start trying on other clothes and like really getting to understand how they want to show up, how they want to celebrate their body and the person that they want to be is starting to show up for them in their mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when 
a couple months will go by and, and they'll say to me, they'll be like, Susan, like, so I, I got rid of those jeans. It's finally ready. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, like I knew you would. And I think it's just, it's a combination of, you know, like planting the seed, like letting them start that, that process of releasing, not forcing them into it and allowing them to understand what it is about that attachment. Like what, what does that mean to them? You know, like mm. why were they holding on to those pieces? Like, is it because it's a representation of who they used to be? Is it a representation of oh. their comfort zone? Um, you know, is it something that makes them feel safe? And um, I had a client recently who had um, a jacket that she, when we first started working together, she referred to this jacket as her security blanket. Mm. And she's like, I don't even really like it. It looks terrible on me, but this is my like security blanket. Like I just, I need this. Like when I travel, like this is what I wear. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, that's fine. We can, like, I didn't touch it. You know, we left it alone, left it at that. And, you know, we did decide together that she needed other jackets, you know, that (laughs) served different purposes. And I kept that security blanket jacket in the back of my mind. And eventually, you know, we had replacements for this security blanket jacket and she was able to part with it on her own. Like she told me like at her next session, like I wasn't even part of the physical process of being like, and now we will remove the security blanket jacket from your closet and into the donation bag. Like, no, I wasn't there. She just told me later and that happens quite a bit. So it's just, Mm. it's complex. Like our relationship with clothing is so much more complex than we give it credit for. Yeah. And I think, you know, that really connects beautifully with what you brought up in the beginning of our conversation about, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about the aesthetics, you know, it's okay to talk about style because when you allow it to be an extension of yourself, it can have Mm -hmm. that like beautiful support and, you know, just, yeah, I could just have that like beautiful support for you. Like if you allow your clothes to show up for you mm. and they can just continue to show off, like it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that's a really beautiful story. Cause I'm thinking about all of the times that, you know, as a therapist, I've been working with people and like, we work on, you know, self-esteem and like healing childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff. And the next thing you know, they're like breaking up with you know, the person that they're in a relationship with because they're like, oh, actually, like I have all these things now that are helping me, supporting me, helping me to feel more like myself and like, oh, honey, you're not it. But they weren't able to let go of that relationship previously because they didn't have the other supports in place. And so I'm just thinking, I'm like, she had support jackets, you know, so she was able to let go of like the security jacket you know, the security blanket jacket, because she had all these other jackets now that like served all these different purposes that, you know, maybe like one is a meeting jacket, one is a travel jacket, one is whatever. Um, and she didn't have to have this one jacket. It's like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to wear. So I'm just going to wear this. Um, you actually intentionally have created other things that are specifically for that purpose. And it's just, it's so cool hearing you talk about this because there's so many correlations between all the different healing work that I've done, that I've walked my clients through, that I know other people walk um, people through in the work that you do. So when someone does come and they're like, Susan, 
I don't know anything. I just know I need help. Where do you start with them? <laughs> Asking well, for a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the friend is me, everyone. <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, my, my first question, whenever I hop on a call with a potential new client is always like, what made you decide to reach out? And, you know, I always ask like, why? Like what, what gave you that nudge to be like, I need to reach out to a personal stylist. Not only that, I want to reach out to a per- an intuitive personal stylist. Like mm. I found Susan. Thing. Um, and when you ask, when you're asked that question, you start talking about yourself in a way where there's, there's no pressure. You talk about how you've changed throughout, you know, your lifetime, what brought you to this moment. And, that gives me so much information, you know, talk, cause you'll end up talking about your life. You'll end up talking about your, how you live your day to day, like your lifestyle, what that looks like, you know, what your needs are, where you've st- struggled with style and getting dressed in the past, like what your life looks like, what those demands are. And that's when, like, I start, you know, connecting all the dots and <laughs> creating, putting your story together in my mind and then start you know, expanding on the idea of like what that style could look like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we just, we get into it even deeper. You know, we talk about like, how do you see yourself? Like, how do you want to be seen? How do you describe yourself, like your personality? And how can we tie that into your clothes? Oh. And if, you know, you're loving like all of this, but you're like, oh my gosh, working with a stylist feels like a really big commitment that I don't know. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, I'm like, that that sounds great. But like, also I'm like, who, who gets to, right? Like who gets to do this for themselves? But like everybody gets, gets, gets to, it it doesn't matter if you're going to be public speaking or like hanging out in carpool, like you deserve to feel like you're rocking it. Absolutely. I mean, I have, a wide range of clients in terms of like what their lives look like. And some of them are, you know, public figures and a a lot of them are not, you know, it's just, and everything that's kind of in between, it's all about that, like rediscovering who you are and then being comfortable and confident with showing up as that person Mm. and having the style be one of those final pieces and I say one of those final pieces because a lot of my clients who I've now worked with for years, like when we started working together, they were single. Then, well, they made that commitment to like start making themselves a priority mm-hmm. in their lives. Then they started dating. Like then they got engaged and they got married. Like, and I'm not even just talking about one person. And I would love to think that like I'm the catalyst with all of that, but really like <laughs> It's about the fact that they came to me at a time when they were ready to put themselves at, or if not at the top, towards the top of their priority list. Yeah, I was going to say, like, getting a, working with a personal stylist, that's like, if you guys are looking how to step into main character energy, okay, yes. main character energy, like, you're, you're going to work with a stylist. And yeah. if people are just like, oh my gosh, I I would love to work with <laughs> Susan, do you offer like, you know, like just, you know, suburban carpool mom, like wants to feel really good versus like public fit? Like, are there different access points to work with you? Because I am sure that most people are listening to this 
like they're like that sounds great but who am i to work with a yeah. stylist or i can't afford to work with a stylist or like why do i deserve to work with a stylist yeah absolutely i mean i so i have a variety of packages that are on my website you know some that are more of like a longer time commitment than others but i would say like the perfect place to start is probably my my 30 day like intense style intensive where you can just really dive in and we like really get into it, but it's quick. So it's like, all right, let's dive into your style. Let's figure it out. Let me put some outfits together for you. So you can really like start getting that clarity and get that vision together. So then after 30 days together, you can be like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And you can start the shopping process, you know, and like that style expansion more on your own. If you're like, I really hate shopping. And if I never come to shop like ever again, uh-huh. and yep. oh. then I would highly recommend one of my longer term packages of working with me um, with the caveat that I do have some clients that have signed up for the six month package. You know, we have this like beautiful time together and they're like, all right, I'm ready to leave the nest. Like I got this and they go to fly And after like two months, they're texting me and they're like, "Uh, no, no, I hate shopping. Like, please come back. (laughs) And other clients who successfully leave the nest and I love it. Like I applaud them. Like I, you know, I love the friendships that develop from all of my clients and being able to watch that transformation happen. And whether that transformation means that they are so confident and comfortable with their style that they don't need me anymore. Like there's something really beautiful about that. Just as there is, like, if they're like, no, I love you, please come back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is so true. Every time I speak to anybody who is like an ethical practitioner, we all share this vision and this energy of like wanting to work ourselves out of a job, right? Because if you're reliant on me, then I'm not doing my job very well, honestly. But I have, you know, I have coaching clients who quote unquote finish their package three years ago and they, you know, will be like, Hey, like I, I need 90 minutes. I need a maintenance. I need a, you know, I need some support here. Or like, I'm sure for you, it's like, I have this event coming up and like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Um, I also love that I've seen on your page that you offer assistance with everything from finding style in thrift stores all the way up to like high end. And I am so about that because I feel like a lot of stylists, if you want to work with them, it's either like boutique high end designer shopping or nothing. And I've seen you pull out some miracles from a thrift store. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, well, like I'm sure you have a lot of Philadelphia based listeners. Like I am going to give a quick shout out to the wardrobe in Philadelphia. They're amazing. Like I'm sure if you hop over onto my Instagram, you'll see some of the content that I've created from the pieces there, like quality, quality secondhand store, the store, mm. but it's a, another topic for another day, but thank you. And, and we'll have Susan I, back on to tell you all of the good tea <laughs> with where to thrift shop in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I do have you know some clients that really prefer some of the high-end designer stuff, but I would say the majority of mine don't. Unless it's something that is much more of an investment piece or special piece. And even then, like with all of my clients, like every single one, I always discuss budget, you know, for clothes and how much are they comfortable spending. And we always make sure that the pieces that they're buying, they're shopping intentionally mm. and they're purchasing intentionally. So there's no more of that like, oh, well, I 
found this one black t-shirt that I like and it comes in seven different colors. So I'm just going to buy them all in seven different colors. So when am I going to find another t-shirt that I like? I don't know. It might not ever happen again. So I need all of them. Or, you know, you're in Target and you're like, Mm. Oh, I really just needed like a Zyrtec, but um, (laughs) now I'm have like six bathing suits and like I feel three dresses (laughs) and yeah, no, but it happens. Like if we don't set that intention, if we don't really take the time to say, okay, like what do I need? What am I missing? Mm -hmm. What is it that I need to bring into my closet into my style? Then that's where we start like spending all this money in a way that's just reckless and yeah. you end up clouding your closet with all of this, this noise and you can't even see the things that you like. Hence the 90% it's- of my wardrobe that I got rid of before we moved right. back to Philadelphia. And that's like where like I very unintentionally did not know that I was like feeding the fast fashion beast that I was, mm-hmm. you know, buying things that were t- like low vibrational clothing in the sense that like they're not actually made from like any type of real material. Um, they, I wasn't buying things that actually were designed to actually fit me, right? Like it was just thrown together very, very quickly. And there is a big difference between having clothing that has fit and just like run of the mill, one of 1 million, you know, t-shirt that they turned out. And, you know, again, like this is not anything to speak out against, you know, my friends who are ordering stuff off of Amazon or Shein or whatever it is. Like this is not, you know, anything against that. But I have realized that as I have created the, the active intention to be more intentional, purchasing what I'm putting on my body in that way no longer feels okay. It doesn't feel in alignment. It doesn't feel good to be wearing things that don't fit me, that aren't quality. Um, And that's also where like, if I am going to be investing in something that is ethically sourced, ethically made, and you know, it is an investment, I want to make sure that I'm actually buying something that I feel really, really good about. And I think that's exactly where you come in, Susan, because I'm at this space where like, I got rid of all those clothing items. And then like, I didn't buy anything new because I'm like, great. I'm at a space where like, I really would rather invest in a few very intentional pieces than rebuy the 50 plus crappy things that I was just having. So I felt like I had options, even though I wasn't wearing any of them. Um, But like, what, what would those investment pieces look like for me? Right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's, it's, really helpful to take that time to look at your closet and be like, okay, what, what am I missing? Like, what would those investment pieces look like? You know, how do you know it without looking in your closet? Like you don't, you know, you really have to take that time to examine it all and be like, okay, what do I feel like I want? Or what do I keep grabbing, but isn't quite right. And maybe Mm. it's about finding a replacement for that piece where you're like, oh, I keep grabbing this, this black cardigan and just like not doing what I want it to do and trying to look at it, you know, from that more like analytical perspective and be like, yeah, that I need something shorter. Do I want something looser, something tighter, you know, a different color and asking yourself questions like that to be able to then guide you to create your shopping list. Right. And be like, okay, now this is what I need to be on the hunt for. You really are a style therapist. I'm like, think, I'm like, those are the questions that I ask like my therapy and coaching clients about like their lives, their relationships. <laughs> They're like, you know, I'm like, okay, like, what is this giving you? But it's like not quite like, and that's where I feel like we're 
so many of us are just like, we're like just left of center in terms of like alignment with so many things in our lives. And that is exactly at the juncture that you bring in a professional, right? Because you're so close. Like you're like just a little bit out of alignment and you've done all this amazing work by yourself and you've gotten really close and that's amazing. But there's something that other people have that we don't have and that's a different perspective, right? And that's a different lived experience. That's a different zone of genius, a different area of expertise. Like, and that is exactly the spot where if you're like, oh, I'm so close and I really like want to just lock this in whatever it is, that would be the time to call in, you know, assistance and support and help. And it doesn't matter if it's a therapist or a coach or a healer or an intuitive stylist, right? But you deserve to have that really amazing support so that you can feel so good about your existence here. And and that's why like, I am just was so pumped when you said yes to being on the podcast, Susan, because Thank like you. I said, you were like an answered prayer. I was like, so want to have this conversation. Don't know who the heck's going to talk to me about this. And this was like, <laughs> beyond perfect. I want to like experience you. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get ready for a wedding, Susan. I have no Ooh, clue what yeah. I'm going to wear for things. Yeah. So like, we're going to, we're going to be chatting after this, but for everyone it. who listened to this and would love to be connected with you, do you yes. work with people who are not in the Philadelphia area? Do you work all around the world? Like let, let the people know how they can work with you. <laughs> yes. So I work with clients both one-on-one in person as well as virtually. So I do have clients all over the country. Um, not all over the world at the moment, but yes, yes. all over the country. Yes, Susan. We're going to manifest that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, and you know, the experience virtually is just as beautiful as one-on-one. So depending on what your, your needs are, I'm happy to help with that. And the best way to connect with me, you know, I am, I love chatting with people. I love chatting with people, especially like I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, but the the DMs are wonderful. I love chatting. So if there are any questions following this podcast, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. And um, my website is also a really excellent resource. Oh, that's so, so awesome. And we will drop all of your links and all of that stuff um, in the show notes for anyone who is going to be looking for that because I know a lot of you are going to be. Um, Any, you know, final like style, like tips, takeaways that you want to leave people with before we wrap up today, Susan? Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> feel like my dogs are contributing to this as well. That's, yep, that's are. okay. That's okay. We're, <laughs> we're animal lovers over here on the Sacred Leadership Podcast. Their contributions are welcome. Good, good. good. They're like, we want to have a final, final one <laughs> yeah, too. So they're like, we are um, here as well. <laughs> what my my favorite favorite kind of suggestion and like final tip is really that instead of focusing on what you want to hide within yourself, within your body, focus on what you want to show off, what you want to Mm. highlight and watch is how that starts to create that energetic shift for yourself and your relationship with who you are. Oh, I love that. I love that so much, Susan. Thank you for taking the time to shed some light on style for all of us. I really appreciate this. And I am really looking forward to just continuing the conversation and continuing to also highlight the work that you are doing because you are, you're healing people through the clothes. You know, I don't care what anybody says. You're healing people through the style, through the fashion is such a really powerful catalyst, especially in the way that you're approaching it. Um, So I'm really glad that you're out there doing this work for people. Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. Thank you. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. 
I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.